0: Have you ever sat down and thought that you were supposed to start a podcast? Have you ever wondered how you're going to do that and how that will work? Anchor.fm is the link where this podcast is recorded. It is so helpful, so easy to do. Now, come on, people. If I can do it, y'all can do it. I'm telling you what. So (laughs) go to anchor.fm, start your podcast, and follow what God is calling you to do. Welcome to season nine of the Anchored by the Sword podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today to hear the freedom story of the person being interviewed and learn how they became more anchored to God and to his word. I pray that you would be able to glean something off of their story today, even if it isn't your individual story. God bless and enjoy the episode hey guys welcome to another episode of the anchor by the sword podcast i am here today with Brittany estes and i am so excited we have actually talked now for about 20 minutes outside of the podcast just (laughs) getting to know each other and she is so much fun and i'm looking forward to hearing and seeing what's going to go on in this interview so thank you so much for joining me Brittany. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I love that you were like, we've talked for 20 minutes because really we have. And yeah. we're kind of like, maybe we should record a podcast. That might be helpful. Well, you know, I mean, more than one reason for being here, but you know. <laughs>
1: right, right. <laughs>
0: so can you tell my listeners about
1: yourself? Yeah, so just like you said, my name is Brittany Estes. Um, I am a speaker and an inner dialogue coach and um, an author. My book is coming out March 14th. And it's called flip the script, make your move from broken to brilliant. So I live in Jackson, Mississippi with my husband, who's a children's pastor and our seven children, two are adopted five biological and then our two precious golden doodles. So that's a little bit about me. Let me stop. You said seven children. I did say seven children. I know that's it's like <laughs> my fun little party trick. No, <laughs> but yes, I do have seven children, four um, girls and three boys. How? What's their age ranges? Um, 16 down to nine. So I have a 16, 15, 14, 14, 13, 11 and nine year old. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you're you should be impressed that I know the numbers because I I am okay good I'm like that's hard especially in the summer because they have like there's five birthdays in a span Mm -hmm. of like three weeks and so when someone asks me I'm like hold on where are we in the summer? oh okay so these are the ages and there you go and then I have so none of my kids are actual twins Uh but I through adoption they've kind of like paired in between there. So I always have at least one set of quote unquote twins. Uh And then one day a year I have triplets where one of my kids, so like my son who's 15 now, um, my daughter will turn 15 in June. And Mm -hmm. then on July 6th, my son will turn 15. So they will all three be 15 until the next day he turns 16. So we call it triplet day. (laughs) <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. so insane <laughs> that's hilarious i thought it was hard trying to figure trying to remember my nephew's ages because they're from 10 to 10 to 21 22 now and same like december is our kicker oh, because yeah. there's three of them that were born in december one in september and one in march so obviously the mm-hmm. march one we got his right but right right else we got to like hmm what year were you born again Yes. It's a
1: thing. I know yeah. I can I can never get their names. Right. So when people are, are kind of like, I can't remember, I'm like, it's okay. The pressure's off of you. Cause I don't remember. All the time. <laughs> so
0: just surprised. call out, Hey you and see seven. Right. And and I'm, around. Like, it's if I'm fine. staring
1: at you. I'm talking to you. So just know it's you
0: and yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. how did you, how did you get into adoption?
1: Yeah. So my husband and I kind of always knew that we were going to adopt. Like that was just mm-hmm. kind of always our heartbeat and. Mm-hmm literally our life kind of we always laugh when people are like I have plans for this and I'm like yeah so do we and the Lord just always is like and we're gonna do this instead and right. we're gonna do this um so we thought we would have four children total um that would be including adoption and uh-huh. then somehow we ended up having nine not somehow I know how we ended mm. up having five children in six years and we were like whoa 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 this was not the plan and yeah so we thought okay we'll Wait and then maybe adopt, you know. Mm -hmm. One day down the road, when our youngest is in kindergarten, you know, like when she's old enough, because we were literally baby, 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 baby back to back. Mm -hmm. Um, And when we moved to Louisiana, we um, just heard about the foster care system and how children were needing a home, and Mm -hmm. the rights had already been terminated, so they couldn't go back to their their biological Mm -hmm. parents, which you know is ultimately the goal of foster care. You know, is hoping to restore reunification. Um, but these children had lost that ability to go back and then they were just bouncing around from home to home until ultimately Mm -hmm. they aged out and we're like, okay, we can do something about that. And Mm -hmm. our youngest was eight months old at the time. So here's, here's our planning of waiting until she was in kindergarten. Um, Mm -hmm. and we, um, you know, started learning and applying to become foster parents and Mm -hmm. we thought we would adopt one child. One child quickly turned into a brother, sister, sibling set. And Mm -hmm. six months later they were in our home and we're like, whoa. This is fast,
0: yeah. Wow,
1: <laughs> that's how we do things, I guess. So, <laughs> might as well, right? Right, I know. I tell people all the time, like, after three, it's fine, like, it's just kind of <laughs> like, ah, eh, that's how we go.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's it's no just, big difference. Just remembering their name and birth date after that, absolutely. And that's what uh, taking great notes is for. <laughs> <laughs> name cards here, <laughs>
1: right? Can you just wear a name tag, please, honey? No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! So, um, you said you wrote your first book, "Flip the Scripts," comes out today. Yay! So, <laughs> so let's talk about that a little bit. About um, what what was your uh, mindset behind the book? You know, all the things. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we lived
1: in Houston for a time, and I was working on staff there as a women's pastor, and um, I would we would host monthly events, and I would coach and mentor women. And, um, a part of that, I would turn and kind of help pull up some girls who are younger than me, like just a few steps behind and just mentor and and walk alongside them. And, um, in a span of about a week, both of them had just kind of literally what I like to say snapped where one tried to, um, end her life and the other had a very public nervous breakdown where the cops and stuff were involved. And it was
0: mm.
1: so crazy and chaotic and obviously broke my heart, but the Lord woke me up one morning. Um, And as I was sitting, reading my Bible, he was like, do you not see here's the problem. And I literally became sick because I realized that I had been spending my days teaching women our age who are still struggling with their purpose and their value and what they had and shame and all these things. And I was like, but here and coaching and teaching them through that. And I was like, we're so focused on ourselves that we're missing this younger generation who is literally drowning at rapid rates, who is here to help them. Yeah, And it was in that kind of instance that I realized someone, someone needed to do something. And that's kind of where the heart of the book kind of began. It was a, a couple year journey of really understanding what that looked like. And okay, here's what we need to do. It's rooted in these lies and these negative narratives that they're believing deep down. And Satan is just using to hold them in hiding, to break them down, to make them feel like they're worthless, that they don't have anything left to give, that there's no hope or they've missed it kind of yeah. thing and how do we flip that and kind of the beautiful part of this book is it doesn't matter your age it's literally transcendent beyond that and we all face these issues and we all can feel seen in this moment because i think the biggest problem is a lot of us don't think that we have an issue like yeah. we think we've kind of got it together we don't understand or we're like oh something on failure something on worth okay whatever i i got that i've heard all the things And then you read these stories of women and you see these scripts and you're just Mm kind of like, oh, oh my gosh, this is me. And Mm -hmm. that's my hope is that you find yourself here only because I know that there's hope for the other side. So you can find your way out to the other side of that.
0: Oh, I love the concept of that so much. Mm -hmm. And I just happened to see the Instagram video that you Mm -hmm. did. And I love that, that you were having people flip scripts on themselves yeah, and that was so that was so cool. Um, listen, that's probably
1: one of my favorite things. And I said this on my Instagram stories that day, but something like I wanted people to understand this is probably the most beautiful thing or thing that I'm most proud of putting mm-hmm. out there was this real. And honestly, I didn't have a ton to do with it. It was just their stories, but each yeah, person, like a lot of them was my launch team, one of them was my mom on there, and that was so beautiful. And just friends and people that I knew, and I explained to them what I wanted. And to see those scripts come in through email and things like that, like it just brought me to tears because I could see the positive side, like the the new script that they were saying, because that's what they were holding up was this new script. But in that my heart broke because I understood the broken script and the Mm -hmm. harmful script and what they had battled. And it was just such a beautiful, I see you and I'm so proud of you and look what God's done. And Mm -hmm. when we kind of compiled it all together, like, I just watched it and cried because I thought this is it. Like, this is what I hope for. This is the point of the whole book. Like it's not something huge or flashy or phenomenal. Like, Oh, buy it for the cover. It's real life change with people and their daily lives in and out, like not trying to show up on social media. Perfect and pretty. It's I'm going to show up how I am. And this is, this is what my life looks like. And this is where God's brought me. And this Mm -hmm. is my new truth kind of thing. And yeah it was incredible. It's my favorite.
0: Oh, that is so awesome. I love it. And being someone who listens to people's stories and hears their stories Mm, all the time. I just, that is so awesome. I love hearing that. Yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah. You do listen to people's stories all the time. That's you're like a little storyteller. (laughs) I love it. Like I said, God knew I needed a place to do that. And he also knew I needed time to keep my mouth quiet sometimes. So.
1: do those things for us
0: yeah <laughs> yeah he take he takes the thing that we don't do well and he turns it around to, hey do this now shush <laughs> <laughs> yes been there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what um let's talk about your own freedom story yeah
1: Um, so I think the biggest misconception when people see me, especially online or anywhere, like you, you're recording with me right now and there's a (laughs) giant rainbow, you know, sun, uh, a sunbeam behind me and they see that and they think, okay, she must have always been so bright and bold and confident and things like that. And there's part of that. That's true that I've always loved theater. I've always loved performing in front of people. I've always Mm -hmm. been, um, different and okay with that, but there was a season that literally, Satan just kind of used people who were in authority and people who were in the church, honestly, to, um, just twist some things and attack me and mm-hmm. literally caused me to go into hiding. And that mm-hmm. meant like what I wore, I felt like I needed to ask my husband for approval, not because he thought I needed the approval, but because yeah. I was so afraid of doing something wrong and like yeah. things I posted online or, or words that I said, like, I just literally hid from everything because I thought there was something wrong with me.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And while that season was so hard and so breaking, I really think it needed to happen for me to see this other side, because the work that the Lord and I have done and rebuilding these pieces and understanding who I am and how he has created me to Mm -hmm. be, cannot be shattered at this point, because we've done all that that work in the the hiding space is what I say. (laughs) Um, and I know, and now, because I know I'm not worried about how I shine or what I do or anything like that. It's literally him shining through me. And it's become sort of like a contagious, you know, thing for people to see like a moth, you know, is drawn to the flame. Like they're drawn Mm -hmm. to me. And I'm like, Oh, but it's not me like, Oh, but this can be you. This is what, looks like to have just the Lord shining through you. So it was really, truly a hard reckoning and a hard breaking, but the Lord has just brought something so much Mm -hmm. better and more beautiful out of
0: it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's uh, I know for people who haven't seen you yet and you know, besides the (laughs) podcast cover, like you have the brightest pink hair and I love it. I I absolutely love that. And was that something that happened during that stage? Ironically, no. Okay. Uh-huh. So I've had pink hair for a little over 10
1: years now, which uh-huh. I realized that not long ago. And I thought 10 years I've had pink care for 10 years and I'm an Enneagram seven. So I love all the fun and bright mm-hmm. and, and encourage, you know, fun things. But usually that means we don't stick with things for too long, and i I've, yeah. I've stuck with pink hair for ten years. That's amazing. But um, actually, in um two thousand and eleven, I did this as a way to really help raise money for people in Ethiopia. There's oh, okay. a company called the Mocha Club, which was, oh yeah, served with them. able clothing. Yeah, yeah. So they had these things called like purpose projects, and you would set a goal to raise a certain amount of money. And then in a month's time, and if you met that goal, then you would do something that you've always wanted to do. Well, at the time I had four children, my husband was in seminary and I was like, he's going to be a pastor. I already have a lot of kids, but I had secretly always kind of wanted pink hair. And I thought this would never fly. Like, this is not something that a typical pastor's wife would have, but I thought this is my perfect opportunity to do that because then if people were kind of like, I don't think so. I would be able to say, well, my hair is pink because of such and such. Yeah. So my goal was to help free four women from sex trafficking in Ethiopia, which meant when they were brought out, it would, um, give them holistic care, like counseling. Um, it would healthcare, teach them a trade and get them out so they wouldn't have to go back to the streets. And that was about $400 to free one woman. So my goal is to free four women, $1,600. And in one month's time through like my local community and the power of social media, we freed eight women. And I was like, holy cow, my hair is going to be pink now. (laughs) (laughs) Truthfully, Gina, I thought maybe it would not be like, it would not look good on me, but I just was like, I've just got to try. I'm just Mm going to do it. So. My hairstylist dyed it pink, and I literally remember, and I loved it. Um, and I remember walking into church thinking, "Okay, here we go." And everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, this looks like this should have been your natural color. Like, yeah, I love it." Blah blah blah. blah. And literally, I've had only a, a handful of people, I think, who have not preferred it or liked it. But young and old, everyone's like, "This is amazing. I wish I would looked this good in it." Blah, blah blah blah. Like. Just <laughs> love it, love it. But in that hard season, one of the things that was said was that had kind of helped me hide in that was mm-hmm. someone was like, are you an activist? Like, is this your thing? And I thought, huh? Because I've been care. I mean, okay. You know, like it was just so crazy to me, but no, that's not even how it started.
0: <laughs> so how long were you in that hiding place? Go back. Um, I think it was a good... So it was a slow and gradual
1: kind of beat down. Mm-hmm. And then there was a hard moment. Um, that's really in the season of my life when I started running too. And mm-hmm. I that's probably the thing that saved me. Um, is I would go out on the streets and run and I wouldn't take music with me or podcasts and stuff. And I would just run and cry and cry out to God. I'm sure people thought like I was crazy when they drove past me because I would be like
0: talking ah, ah, all these things. And I was like,
1: <laughs> Was just having a conversation with God, like He was right there beside me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't come back until I was done because
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was, I had to not let people know that things were going on on the mm-hmm. outside, you know, um, just because of where my family was and, and our job and things like that. And so I had to hide that, but I also needed to deal with it. It just felt like yeah. a weight. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was probably a good year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, I wouldn't change that. And I think, I think the reason why it held on so long and there's still like, I've still had to work through pieces of that is because Mm -hmm. I could see that reckoning that there's something wrong with me script that I was really truly believing. I could see it played out through my entire life. And it was Mm -hmm. like little illuminated spots going, well, yeah, see, remember this or, oh yeah, you see, you remember this, like even through childhood. And that's why Mm -hmm. it was like, okay, I need to to go and meet myself in these moments and deal with. No, this is not true. No, this is not true. Let's flip mm-hmm. this script in a continual
0: thing for me to kind of just get out of it. You know. Mm-hmm. So, you said that running was really therapeutic for you. Was there anything else that really helped you come out of that? I really,
1: honestly, had to dig into the word. And Mm -hmm. spend
0: time in the Word and
1: in prayer. Worship music was key. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a few friends that were safe people for me to talk to, and I Mm -hmm. think that's really key in anyone is who are the safe people who can hold this weight. And sometimes I get kicked back when I say that because people are like, "Well, how do I know they're safe?" And and I I understand. And the only way that you're going to know they're safe is by giving them something small. And seeing how they handle that, and if they handle that, okay, well then let's try for something deeper. And so they kind of held the weight of that, heard me when I just needed to vent or to cry, pointing me in the right direction of. But this is what God says: this is this is who we are. This is where we're going to turn to. Um, But it really was just kind of a culmination of those things. You know, my husband, those friends, worship music, and prayer, because everything else was kind of chaotic, and those were the things that I can control. And by control, meaning I could show up. And God would meet me there in those spaces.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's important for other people to know because people think they have to try and shelf it on their own or try and travel it on their own. That's absolutely the worst thing you can do.
1: I mean, it's not even scriptural. You know, it, it talks about us bearing one another's burdens and stuff. Like you're not meant to do life alone. You know, you need to do it with people. And that also means their struggles, like to walk with them through that, whether it's bringing them out of that, whether it's just to be a friend saying, I know this is hard, but I'm going to stick with you through it mm-hmm. kind of deal. Like we need people. We
0: absolutely need people. Absolutely. When you were going through that time, what, or any other time, what is your anchor verse? Oh. so I'm so funny. You asked that literally out of that
1: season, um, I got a tattoo as a memory of the verse, yeah. but it's, um, for Mark five forty one when Jesus heals Jarius's daughter mm-hmm. and it's, um, and then I say to you little girl arise and I put Talitha Kumi on my, my ankle mm-hmm. as in standing up because I would just see myself pictured almost like hiding behind Jesus, like knelt down and, and just hiding. And it was like, he turned to me and reached his hand out and said, okay, we're done with that. Now it's time to arise. And that was just my verse of let's go. Like she, we're talking about Jerry's daughter. She was, went from death to life and it was a whole new life that she got to lead on this side of things. But sometimes things have to die for there to be a new life and a Mm -hmm. new direction. And that's what it was in me. I had to kill off all these prideful, you know, insecurities or all of these things that I was afraid of. And just really rebuild something new to to shine and move in a new direction. And mm-hmm. that verse is permanently marked on me as a
0: time of like, okay, this is what the Lord and I did. I
1: mm-hmm. will
0: remember this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. That literally it's an anchor on you. It literally mm-hmm. is there. So yeah,
1: as a constant reminder. Like, let's get up.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've loved our time together. I still have a couple more questions for you. Where can people find you?
1: Yeah. So pretty much online. You can find me at J Brittany Estes. So on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of the, those places. And my website is dot com.
0: Awesome. I'll put links to all that in the show notes. Yeah. In addition to the book, you guys, like we said, go out and get it today. And the pre-order gifts may still be available today. That seems to be sometimes how it happens with these pre-order gifts. So from what I've heard from my publishers, I think so. So, so So. claim them while you can Mm -hmm. go today and go get those. And do you have any last minute encouragement for my listeners? Um, I just
1: want to encourage them to understand that they have the power to take control of their mind, that they can flip the script. So the overwhelm that they're feeling, the beat down, the defeat, whatever it may be, like they're just working and walking through life. Like there is something different. There's something more bright. And bold and brilliant on the other side of that. And I know that because I've seen it played out in my life. I've seen it played out in many people's lives. Like we talked about the real inside the book, like you can see it and it it's tangible takeaways for you to just know that it's possible. And that's my hope for you to grab this book and know that there is something bright and
0: beautiful on the other side. Amen to all of that. So you guys go follow Brittany and I will talk to you guys next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. I pray that each of you will take something from this episode, that you will be challenged, that you will be encouraged in your walk with God. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review so that other people can find this and other people can listen to the stories of god's redemption i love you guys and i'll talk to you next episode thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the spark media network that can now be heard on the edify app